Hi, and welcome to another podcast from The Human Diver, where we are looking to apply counter-errorism techniques in diving. By that we mean human factors and non-technical skills. Our goal is to give you the knowledge and skills so that your dives are safer and more enjoyable. The podcast is a mixture of short podcasts based on the blogs we have, and longer podcasts, which will be interviews or discussion topics. Show notes will be provided so you can dig deeper if you want. Ready to jump in? We think that we can learn from near misses because we believe that we would recognize the circumstances prior to the event and do something about them in the future. The general definition of a near miss is that something bad would have happened had it not been for some form of chance or lucky intervention. Notwithstanding this general definition, the problem is that there are two sorts of near misses. The first is where something could happen, and the second is where something almost happened. Whilst these might appear to be similar, research has shown the way we address them is likely to be cognitively different. Could happen refers to a background risk which doesn't change no matter how we think about it. For example, the stated risk of a fatality in diving is 1 in 200,000 dives although the risk for CCR diving is much higher. The other, almost happened, refers to the perception of risk and the cognitive biases that influence our perception of it happening to me as a diver, e.g. outcome bias and severity bias. If we know someone who has died on a dive, then our perceived risk is different. If we know someone who has run out of gas on a dive due to task loading, we are likely to change how we plan and monitor our dives. At some point, we might even perceive that the risk involved in diving is too high, and we give it up. While the background risk hasn't changed, the perceived risk in the second one, almost happened, has changed due to cognitive biases. Near misses, could happen, are often treated as successes, and this can lead us to a normalization of the risks that we face. Consider the loss of the Space Shuttle Columbia. The foam blocks from the external fuel tank had been striking the shuttle's protective foam panels on at least 30 missions prior to the loss of Columbia on February 1st, 2003. However, rather than increasing the urgency to resolve the problem, it has been suggested that it led to a level of organizational complacency because the loss of the orbiter was something that could happen rather than almost happened. If we look at the following dive scenarios, consider if there is a near miss, how the near miss is perceived could happen versus almost happened, and whether those involved were lucky or good. Wreck dive scenarios. Scenario one, two divers undertake a swim through of a wreck which involves some simple navigation. There is some percolation, silt and rusticles. They swim through for about 100 meters and exit without an issue. They are happy with the result, especially as they got some nice photos. Scenario two, two divers undertake a swim through of a wreck which involves some simple navigation. There is some percolation, silt and rusticles. They swim through for about 100 meters and as they exit and the lead diver turns to get an exit photo, they look back and notice a fair amount of silt following the second diver out. Scenario three, two divers undertake a swim through of a wreck which involves some simple navigation. There is some percolation, silt and rusticles. They swim through for about 75 meters. At this point, the second diver signals that they have an issue and the first diver turns to help. They notice that there is a large amount of silt because the second diver's trim and buoyancy have kicked up the silt. They quickly referenced the situation and guided the second diver to the exit point before they became lost inside the wreck. They had a debrief to talk about the situation and how it developed. 
The second diver said that they knew they had poor propulsion skills, but this was the first time they'd encountered a bad outcome because in open water, it wasn't an issue. Besides, they were nearly always last and there was no one behind them. Instructional dive scenarios. Scenario one, a new instructor has four students on dive four in an open water level class. They also have an additional non-class diver with them who is finishing off some experienced dives for a dry suit class. The dive center manager told the new instructor that this was okay. The novice divers completed all the drills in the time allocated for the dive. The dive durations were short to meet the shop schedule. The students have demonstrated mastery of the skills and are now certified as autonomous divers. This means they can dive with any other similarly certified diver in similar conditions to 18 meters. The dry suit diver just followed along and met their objective. They got certified in the class too. The dive center manager was pleased with the new instructor as they were going above and beyond to meet the dive center's objectives. Scenario two, a new instructor has four students on dive four in an open water level class. They also have an additional non-class diver with them who is finishing off some experienced dives for a dry suit class. The dive center manager told the new instructor that this was okay. The novice divers completed all the drills in the time allocated for the dive the dive durations were short to meet the shop schedule. The dry suit diver ended their dive with only 20 bars of gas because they were struggling with the dry suit. The instructor did not notice this during the dive or afterwards. The dry suit diver told the open water divers in the pub later that they knew things weren't good, but they did not want to interrupt the instructor as they knew the primary reason for the dive was their open water level class. The students have demonstrated mastery of the skills and are now certified as autonomous divers. This means they can dive with any other similarly certified diver in similar conditions to 18 meters. The dive center manager was pleased with the new instructor as they were going above and beyond to meet the dive center's objectives. Scenario three, a new instructor has four students on dive four in an open water level class. They also have an additional non-class diver with them who is finishing off some experienced dives for a dry suit class. The dive center manager told the new instructor that this was okay. The novice divers completed all the drills in the time allocated for the dive. The dive durations were short to meet the shop schedule. The dry suit diver ended their dive with only 20 bars of gas because they were struggling with the dry suit. After the dive, during the debrief, the instructor asked each of the students about what went well and why, and what they need to improve on, and how they are going to do it. When they got to the dry suit diver, they were surprised that they had so little gas. The instructor realized that he wasn't paying attention to the dry suit diver and missed their struggling situation. This was because of the additional task loading that the manager had created. While nothing bad had happened, it could have been worse. The instructor emphasized to the dry suit diver that while the course was important, their safety was a higher priority. They also spoke with the manager and explained the situation, highlighting that while nothing happened, it almost did, and as such, the center needed to change its procedures. Why were the divers lucky or good? How much control did they have over the situation, the environment, and the skills or knowledge of the other divers involved? How much were they able to actively manage the situation? The research indicates that if we have a successful outcome following a near miss, then our perception of the risk is lowered, and therefore we are more likely to erode the safety margins that we have developed through training, equipment configuration standards, and rules. This has been likened to a normalization of deviance. Note that a normalization of deviance isn't just about the deviance, but also the social acceptance of the deviance or reduction in risk margins. How many similar scenarios can you think about in your diving or that of your peers? 
Examples might be ending a dive with no reserve to be able to do a gas sharing ascent, doing a visual jump in a cave because you know the cave, being really fatigued on a dive and missing some critical hand signals during the dive, or missing the gas analysis on a cylinder because of high workload and missing that it could have been over the modi of the gas had it been dived. What can we do about this? Understanding divers' reactions to near misses is merely the first step towards reducing how these events reduce learning from near misses. The research shows that near misses are assessed as being more favorable than failures. They lead to minimize perceived risk and can lead to increased comfort with risky choices. There are a number of things we can do to mitigate these issues. Induce counterfactual thinking, raise understanding of how risk perceptions can shift and make probabilities more visible. Diverse with counterfactual mindsets, utilize more analytical decision-making processes and can be motivated to learn from past events. They may learn to change their behavior if they consciously recognize that they were very close to a failed outcome and that they could have acted to avoid it, i.e. not blame circumstances. However, not all near misses elicit counterfactual ideas and not all counterfactual thoughts result in effective learning. Consider asking simple questions like, was this dive a complete success? If not, why not? Or what factors, if changed, would have resulted in a failure and how robust are these factors to change? These questions are core to an effective debrief. Although it is really hard not to, we shouldn't take things for granted when they go right. Rather, we need to understand why it went right in the manner it did. And the best way to do that is via a debrief or some form of reflection. Reflecting on what went well and why and what needs to be improved and how with a specific focus on the issues being covered is therefore critical if we are to learn from a successful near miss. We can ask the simple question, were we lucky or were we good? If we were good, we should be able to identify what was good and how we can replicate it in future dives. If we can't identify the factors that led to a good outcome, how do we know we weren't just lucky? Regarding improving understanding of shifts in risk perception and the baseline figures are ongoing projects. They involve the telling of context-rich stories so that others can understand and recognize the factors leading to adverse events in their own diving and not just the could-happen diving that is out there. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more about what was discussed in this episode, head over to the Human Diver website at thehumandiver.com where you will find details about our education programs the If Only documentary, the book Under Pressure, and the many, many blogs we have published there. If you think others should listen and learn, consider sharing the link. Thank you.